My name is Al Rowe. I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1920 on the banks of the Tennessee River in a wigwam. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a true story. Yeah. Way, way, way back somewhere. We got we got somehow in the Cherokee Indian in our blood somewhere. Do you get a check from the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians? I don't think I had a big enough <laughs> relationship with them. You know if you did. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. It's a podcast where we talk about things you're already talking about with your family and your friends. We have conversations about pop culture, current events, music, plus endearing and often revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Welcome to My Second Act. Upload date is Thursday, October 27th. Howard Al Rowe. One hundred and two of Smyrna passed away Wednesday, October nineteenth, twenty twenty two. A man of small stature, but a commanding presence, Al lived by example serving God. integrity and honesty with a strong belief in patriotism. Al served as a sergeant in the U.S. Army Air Corps during World War II in China. He's preceded in death by his wife, Anne, siblings, Wilma Rowe, James Rowe, and Charles Rowe, and his dear friend, Harriet Tykert. Ready! Aim! Fire! Ready! Aim! Fire! Sunday, we had graveside funeral services with military honors for Mr. Al at Arlington Memorial Park in Sandy Springs. I want to go back to uh, serving God, his country, and his family. He was a man of integrity and honesty with a strong belief in patriotism. No words have, uh, no, no true words have ever been spoken, I believe. So, my name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. And yes, so Oof. Al has been my, so my mom and dad were obviously married. Um, for a very long time, my dad passed away um, from lung cancer, and my mom always went to church. She just did. My dad really didn't go to church a lot, but my mom did. And um, she went to Smyrna First United, First United Methodist Church, and that's where she met Al, who had lost his wife. And they just became friends that hung out with a group of friends. And this was probably 23, 24 years ago. Was it that long ago? Was that long ago? 
And it all started with a uh, banana split date at Dairy Queen. Yeah. So my mom loves your, uh, banana splits and whatever my mom loved, Al loved. And um, hmm, I'm going to try to get through this. But it is sad. It's just really raw because the funeral was, as we said, this past Sunday. And so my mom and him just became fast friends. And, you know, when your mom starts um, seeing someone, even as an older child, you you know, you're kind of skeptical at first. You just are. Um, And I think that's the world we live in. And I should have never been skeptical. And I'm sure his family was too, to be quite honest, Um, because he turned out to be the greatest gift to my mom and, frankly, to my kids um, because he was another grandfather to them, um, along with your father, because my father wasn't here. And he just, you know, I'll, I will always remember Al for his just laugh and the twinkle in his eye. And listen, he could be contentious as hell. Um, you know, him and I got into a lot of debates and you would often tell me as he got older, like, stop debating with a hundred year old man, you know, like, cause I would say, how does he feel that way? And you'd say, listen, he's a hundred years old. He can feel however he wants. He can feel however he wants. But, um, we're going to put a couple of pictures in the letter this week. There's this great picture of him on a riding lawnmower. You know, Al pushed a lawnmower and mowed his own grass in Smyrna. Nearly, nearly 98. Yeah, and finally all of his kids went in and bought him a riding lawnmower. And it sat and it sat and it sat because he didn't want to use it. And one day he got out there and he had on like a Panama Jack hat and all white. He looked like he was at a country club. And I've got this great picture of him on the riding lawnmower and he he loved it. Um, but they, my, him and my mom traveled you know, everywhere. They went um, to Gatlinburg. They went to Helen. There's a really funny story about them and Helen. They had gone, you know, somewhere and had dinner and it was more of a sports bar. And Al and my mom would always have one or two margaritas. That was their thing. They're gonna have one or two margaritas. And so that night, I think he'd had one or two margaritas. And as he was coming back to the hotel, a policeman pulled him over. And at the time, I think he was probably 94. And they asked him to get out, and they asked him if he had had anything to drink, and he said, yep. And they said, "Um, would you do, you know, we're going to have to do a sobriety test. And he said, well, why? And he said, because, sir, you hit a curb. He said, I'm 94 years old. I hit curbs all the time. And finally, I think the guy did, you know, wise up and let him go. But he just had such a great spirit for life. When he first came into our life and we all went to the beach, he would always carry around this leather briefcase and it was an old timey briefcase that had like snaps on it, like the kind you'd see bankers carrying or, you know, literally from like the oldest days that you can remember someone like going into work with a briefcase. And my kids were fascinated by this briefcase because they never saw it open. And so they were always asking like, what's in there, Mr. Al, what's in your briefcase? And he'd just say lots of money, lots and lots of money. And we never, oh, and we never found out. And one time I caught Olivia and Will it was the same beach trip in there, just sort of trying not to pick the lock, but to see if they could like get it open because they were fascinated. I don't even think he had money in there. He probably had socks or underwear or something, but it was just a great story. And he, um, I could talk for 10 days and I won't bore you. And it would never cover everything that he gave to my mother. Um, and honestly to me and my family and because of what he did for my mom, Yes, there was also the love that he had for our kids and and the total interest and the belief in them. And he would always, you know, say, I I was thinking about this the other day, and Charlotte, our youngest, who's 16, who's really taken it hard, um, said to me, I just remember every time I would come into their room, he would say, Charlotte, because he just loved her Southern name. You know, what are you up to? What What are you doing? And he was a big believer in 
higher education, in success. And so he was just such a great mentor. You know, when we would go over and sit with my mom for him to talk to our kids about success and hard times and what it looks like. And he cared deeply for you and I. He he would ask me all the time, you know, what's going on? You know, when you were in that period where you lost your job, he was very encouraging. You know, he never said, you know, he he never like took the opposite side of, well, why did the company do that to you? He was just like, you know what? That happens. You'll be fine. You're going to be successful. You're, he just was very, very encouraging. What is the secret to true love? Honesty. Honesty. If, if the person you know and that you like and you have full honesty regardless, the belief is there and the any other bad parts or anything that might have never opens up. Honesty is you believe just what they tell you and they believe what you tell them. And that is the best thing that I know that you can be a, is to be honest with all your associates, as well as your wife and all your kids. Be honest with them. Last Wednesday, um, he had been kind of in hospice, but, you know, he was still kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, around. I don't want to say that, but I mean, was, you know, lucid. Right. And um, he had gone to sleep. It was a very peaceful passing, but I got to hold his hand, and my mom uh, just sat and held his hand and that's what I'll always remember about them they would sit on the couch together and they would just hold hands and they were hilarious together because they would just they would gripe at each other but they would they never argued but they were just hilarious together but he genuinely loved my mom and his favorite song was um, Sweet Caroline and he would always dance to it and I've danced with this to Al I have a great video maybe I can include it I don't even know that I want to include it with me but um, for his birthday last year at assisted or two I think it was two years or last year at assisted living, you, Caddy, and our niece, Ava, who plays the trumpet, um, played Sweet Caroline. I, I might have a video of that, I too. I <laughs> but it was just, he loved it, and it was hilarious. And to me, that speaks so much about family, because that's what it's all about. It's not that it was the best version of it, but it's the fact that Ava was confident enough to stand up there and, you know, Truth be told, she wasn't great at, at the trumpet at the time. Well, she's was I, she's very good. And you were a little rusty on the piano. But, little, very. But that's what family's all about. It's imperfect. It's, you know, but everybody kind of rallies around each other. And um, although we were two different families, and I was raised by my father, and um, Al's family was raised by his mother, their family is our family. After um, the service, we all went to dinner. We have done so many things with them, and they have always treated my mother with so much just love and respect as we have Al you know every time I would leave I would say I love you you know I love you mom I love you Al and I'd give him a big hug and you know it just um, it is so so sad and what I have learned over the past two weeks is just um, that this type I know I'm, I'm sure it does I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be negative I'm sure it does but these types of people who have been through what he's been through and this type of love I don't know that it exists in this modern world as much as it used to where you can people can set aside everything 
no matter how busy they are, and just be together and with no distractions. And, you know, there's no timetable on if my mom had to sit there with him for four days and hold his hand. She, you know, of course she didn't have anywhere to be because she couldn't be anywhere. But my point is, is that I don't know in this modern world that that truly exists anymore. Everybody has to be somewhere. They can give you an hour. I got 15 minutes, but, you know, even while they're holding your hand, they may have to be somewhere else. So, um, it's been really, really, really difficult for my mom. They relied on each other so much. Uh, my mom was independent, but she was also of that generation where, you know, they deferred a little bit to men, and men did a lot. And because my mom had had a stroke. A stroke, yeah. Yeah, Al was very, he helped her a lot up until, you know, he kind of took a turn. And he did not want to rely on anyone or feel bad. Well, he, he pushed your mother, too, I think, is, is he fair did. to say. Yeah, he, oh, absolutely. Oh, and he, it, you know, right after the stroke. And, and him and I, we, we would kind of get, that was what our main dust-ups were about, were he really thought my mom needed to be doing more with her physical therapy, and because she's my mom and I knew her limitations, but he meant the best. Um, he always meant the best. And I'm just really glad that I, um, I got to know, that I knew him. It was a privilege to have him in my life and that I got to see him and spend time with him toward the end and really tell him how much I cared about him. And I made sure I did that and tell him how much he meant to, to my family and, and to mom. And these next, you know, this next period is challenging. It's really challenging for my mom. It is not lost on me. I've had lots of people say to me, and they always preface it by saying, I don't want you to get mad or I don't want to upset you. I'm like, I get it. I know it. People die of broken hearts. And, um, you know, I just have to, um, she has a lot of people encouraging her, and she has um, a lot of people in her life right now that are, you know, really pouring into her. But a lot of times it's just sitting, and there's not, there's not a lot you can say. There's really not. And I think, you know, when people say he was 103, you know, at least he lived a long life. Um, it doesn't matter because he could have been 110 and nobody would have wanted him to go anywhere. One thing that the preacher said that I thought was so true yesterday is for that family, who's going to step up? You know, because when you have someone that's that big of a character, that large of a character in the family, you know, what legacy does that leave and who who steps up to be that connector? Because it, you, it really does make you think about the loss in the family. And the pastor during the service quoted uh, uh, George Jones in the great song, Who's Going to Fill Their Shoes? Mr. Al, this one's for you. That is Taylor Swift from uh, not from Midnight's the new project, but from I think Lover. I, I don't, I just don't like any of the songs on the new project. I wanted something uh, upbeat. I do love Lover. Fun. That was one of my favorite albums. There's not a banger on Midnight's, and I'm, I, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed about that. 
Taylor was on uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon Tuesday night. Got some moments from that visit coming up. Talk about Taylor's numbers right now and the records that she broke with Midnight's, which dropped uh, last Thursday night at midnight. Taylor Swift has now the biggest daily streams on Spotify in history, over 228 million plays, and she passes Bad Bunny. Who's Bad Bunny? He is a Latin artist. Okay. He had 184 million, so she gets him by. Uh, yeah, 34 at uh, 32 million streams in, in a day, by the way, in a, a single day, 24 hours. Do you ever think it's interesting when an, when it, when an artist like that happens and they surpass another artist and you're like, who's that artist? And this person has millions of streams and right. we don't know who they are. Well, it's a format we're not familiar with yeah. at all. I'm not anyway. Taylor Swift's Midnight's holds now the biggest album debut in Spotify history. 184 and a half million uh, downloads. And she jumps Drake's certified lover boy. Drake had about 155 million. So the difference, uh, gosh, about uh, 50, 60, 30 million. Uh, you know, we've talked before during the podcast, Don and I both come from, from radio backgrounds. We spent uh, over 40 years combined at the former kicks, at, at, you know, for many, many, many years back in the heyday, the largest country radio station in America. And, and the, the system in, in, in which albums and even singles are charted whether it's Billboard or whatever chart you may be looking at, has changed dramatically, drastically. Uh, the new formula does not so much focus on brick and mortar um, or, or hard copies. You know, you used to go buy a copy of the CD and it counted as a, a unit is what it was called. Now, the formula is mostly, if not, gosh, almost entirely based on streams and downloads. Spotify, you got Amazon Music, you oh, got yeah. uh, you know, all of these different places we can go and download and stream. They are now the the places that, that, that truly build the chart and, and determine because, you know, due to streams and downloads as to who's going to chart where and who's going to get a number one album and who's going to jump who. And, uh, you know, the days of going and buying a, a CD at Walmart. Those are over. They're over. And remember when, when you were in charge of Wild Bills, the largest country music dance club in all of America here in Atlanta, you were the one that came up with a formula to, if an artist was coming to do a concert, uh, they had a new album drop. You would include a copy of the physical hard CD with every ticket, right? So you come in the door with your ticket, you leave with a copy of their new CD. And that was done for a lot of reasons. One of them being, though, uh, they got a, a, a jump, they got a spike in their album sales in Atlanta, which is a major market, because the CDs were purchased, correct? Is that how it worked? Yes. There's a reason why, because they weren't considered comped CDs. That's right. Because the artist wanted the credit. It was who, included, who we did, well, it was included, we did, the label included them, Wild Bills bought them, and then they were included in the price of the ticket. So, technically, they were, people were purchasing them. There was a little bit of, uh, there, there was some, some, it was perfectly legal, and the artist loved it, because, think about it, if they, if they sold 5,000 tickets, was, which was capacity at Wild Bills, yeah. and many of them did, they got 5,000 additional units sold in the Atlanta market for that week. Yeah. And that could be double what maybe they were going to move without the Wild Bill support. Well, and it was also, you know, it's also at that time, it was the only, like you said, the only way to get new music was to either hear it on the radio station, which a lot of times, you know, that was so political at the time. It, new music wasn't just like the minute it came out, it wasn't downloaded onto the radio. You know, there was a lot of steps that had to get that record on certain country stations in all of the major markets. You know, and there wasn't Spotify. There wasn't um, Apple Music. So, or, or even iTunes. Or even iTunes, yeah. So the, the consumer had no control. 
Let's just say that the consumer had no control. And that's how, you know, radio became such a big deal is because, you know, that old saying, we're picking and picking and playing the hits. You were. Um, and exposure is the only place you get the exposure. That was it. Um, now consumers control the entire dynamic. Yes. Um, and again, you, you look at uh, like a Parker McCollum or, you know, anyone and, you don't need, I don't want to say you don't need radio because it's hard for me to say that after working in radio for so long, but your, your control is not, um, as much owned by even the label to a certain extent. It's your fan base. Yeah, it is. And what you can do with that is tremendous. The power of radio is no longer what it used to be. It's, it's, there's still some there. Uh, and I think an example of, of, of the power of the fan is the Morgan Wallen uh, story. Uh, yeah. His fan said, wait a minute, hold my beer. You're not going to cancel Morgan Wallen after all. And Morgan Wallen was not canceled. Do not think for a second that he was. He was actually propelled to a level that that, that I could bet we could count on less than, than uh, on, on a hand, if not less, the number of artists that have been there or ever be at that level in their careers. Well, and I think it turned the label and the, um, the recording industry a little bit upside down because even signing artists to labels, there used to be so much involved with, um, you know, showcases. And, you know, you've talked before about literally when you started in radio, stringing together Jacob's Ladders, woods, wooden yes, Jacob's Ladders for Mark, for Mark Wills. Wills. I can remember another artist when they were starting were sending these big batch, bags or boxes of peaches to um labels yeah and i mean the things that you used to have to do to get their attention and now and hookers come on back in the day yeah tvs you know big screens whatever condos whatever now what gets their attention now is when you can come in and you've basically done a majority of their work for them because you're coming in with a fan base you're coming in you know some of these artists who are doing social media you know they do it i'm sorry but they do it better sometimes than the labels you know organic yeah, Natural. and it, I think it's got to be a hard dynamic for the label. Like, how much am I supposed to be involved? How much can we tell this artist what to do? What, you know, it, it is a give and take. And I think it is just an entire, you want to talk about an industry that has been completely turned upside down in a short amount of time. This is it. You know, the old days of, and people who don't believe this, but, you know, when you go to Nashville and it used to be Music Row, people would literally drive up and down Music Row dropping off cassette tapes, yeah. trying to get someone to hear them, trying to get an opportunity to play in front of programmers, get on this new faces show at CRS. That's not the way it's done anymore. I'll tell you who is the next big thing that's coming up that way is this Larry Fleet. You know, he just played in Atlanta and um he is he is really getting some attention and some traction. I mean he's huge. Oh well, and, and now it starts on social media too. Yeah. And, and you 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 tagged uh new artist Bailey Zimmerman. Yeah he's uh, about huge three episodes ago. He he has uh, truly, and he was hot before you even brought him to the podcast, but the social media, his his social media channels are what's fueling his popularity. And it's because he is accessible to the fans when you're on TikTok and you're on Instagram and you're on social media and you interact with your fans as yourself, as an artist, as a friend, as opposed to someone in an office on, 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 on 17th Avenue, Music Row in Nashville. Trying to get creative. It's right, right. It's, it's totally, it's a totally different experience to the fan. And the fans know when it's unique and genuine. Uh, genuine being the key word there. The fans know when it's genuine and they know when it is uh, contrived and when it's coming from somebody sitting in an office somewhere on Music Row. We know that Taylor's going to be launching, uh, you know, a, hu- a huge world tour. She has not been on tour in quite a while. Um, you know, obviously because of COVID, she had some dates that she had to cancel. They were never rescheduled. Um and I don't think she's going to be rescheduling them. I think she'll kind of relaunch. 
Um, but Charlotte, our 16-year-old, sent me all these dates. And she's like, do you want to go to Chicago? Do you want to go here? I'm like, okay, hang on. Yes, probably, maybe. But now I can't even find the dates. So I don't know where in the heck. I don't know if they've officially announced these dates or well, these Swifties just get but going. That's just it. It doesn't, doesn't matter that they haven't announced them publicly. There's a leak somewhere. And, and the Swifties, once they get that information, then they will they will they'll push it out, you know? Yeah, and you know what? She's an established artist who actually came up through the system with her little guitar and her yes, mama and I, her daddy. I, I met her 15 years old back Exactly, then. playing for all those people. But you want to talk about somebody who has harnessed the power of social media? Midnight's, forget what she did for it. And what, you know, it started with Amazon during the Thursday night football right. and all that. These Swifties, it's unbelievable. They they take it, you know, they make it their own. They They record reaction videos to songs or, you know, her Easter eggs or what they're thinking. And again, just harness the power of these people and there's no stopping them. There's literally no stopping them. There's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Hashtag ask for Donna. Ask for Donna at Gallery Furniture. Same spot, Gainesville, since, uh, well, for 40 plus years. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. The holidays are coming up. Uh, we talked our last episode. If, if you need a couch, if you need a sleeper, if you need a, a new dining room table, if you need room, uh, or listen to this, if you want to reduce the size of your dining room table, you want to reduce the size of go from like a king to a twin so that you don't have to house family for the holidays. Listen. I was like, where, how would, why would option. you do that? It's an, yeah. Well, because you don't want them in your house. It's an option. I'm just saying, we'll, we'll put it out there. That if, oh, you want, if you want a twin, you're going to find it, gallery. You want a smaller, you go from like a, what? A, a seat, California seat, King. Seat, well, you go from that to a twin, but your dining room table, seat, seat's 12 now, go get you a, a, like a round four top. A bistro. Yes. What are you going to tell people? Like what happened? You have, um, there was, uh, there was, uh, there was just some downsizing, some downsizing. Oh, and, okay. Um, and, and so basically you put all your big furniture in the basement until the guests leave. Throw sheets over it. And, and just pretend, just pretend across your fingers. Nobody goes to the basement oh my Lord. during your holiday lunch or brunch or present opening session. Yeah, I w- what I would do is that is one way to do it. I think there's a very, it very slim work. percentage of the population that's probably listening that wants to downsize their furniture. Surprised. Well, I, I thought I was going to say downloads the side, size of their, their hosting duties. Yeah, um, but if you need just a little more room or maybe you just need a refresher, maybe you don't need a bigger one, a smaller one, maybe you just want a more current one or one that's not so sticky. You know, I will tell you, I clean... Well, I clean my kitchen table like I've cleaned it with everything possible. And like, it just seems like it always has damn syrup on it. And I'm like, who's eating all the waffles? There's only three of us here. Is it you? Is it Charlotte? I know it's not me. Is it Roscoe? I've had a waffle in two years. Okay. Well, then someone's here eating some waffles. Well, not well. If the dog is pouring syrup, obviously he's not doing a good job. But, you know, sometimes you just like, you're like, good Lord. Like if NASA took the bottom of this table. Don't don't go there. Don't do that. Or like the CDC. Scraped a sample. Yeah. It would probably (sighs) like, that's where COVID started for the whole world. But at any rate, if if you are in that situation and you just kind of want to refresh your your stuff or you want real, you know, like everybody gets in these colors. Like for a while, you know, in the 80s, it was the Ralph Lauren cranberries and browns. And then it went to the gray. And then, you know. So if you're like me, you kind of moved into the grayja, which is kind of like a gray beige combination. Like you think you're at the beach, but you're not. You're really still in your house. Um, that was a color palette. Now it's more, you know, white and clean. So just, you know, if you need a refresher, go up there and do that as well. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns, Bridge Road, Gainesville. Been supporters and partners of this podcast since S1E1. That's season one, episode one. 
And we're getting ready to launch uh, our third year, January, uh, first week of January 2023. Thank you, Donna, for being there with us. 2511 Road. Oh, thank you, Donna, for being there with us since uh, since day one of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. Come and get your also thankful for pod support from Ford, built Ford Tough. And Fayetteville Ford, home of the Lifetime Powertrain Warranty. Whether it's a brand-new Ford or you pick something from the pre-owned lot. Regardless of uh, which lot you turn left, you turn right, you're going to get the gift. The gift. No cost to you. The gift of a Lifetime Powertrain Warranty from Fayetteville Ford. FayettevilleFordGA.com, the F-Series, the best-selling truck on the road. Brightmore Healthcare, thank you for your support. When you fly Delta, Atlanta's hometown airline. Explore over 300 episodes. This is uh, 312, I think, 312 uh, episodes of the My Second Act podcast. And explore three seasons of the My Second Act Hype song playlists. When seated safely and comfortably, just engage the infotainment system. Atlanta's hometown airline is Delta. Monday is Halloween. For the hype songs, this episode, we have uh, picked from the 20 most popular Halloween songs of all time, according to our partner Spotify. Donna, you're going with the ACDC here. I'm going with ACDC Highway to Hell. What are we? What are we dressing up as? I think I'm dressing up as Hulk Hogan. Where, where are you going? Dressed as anywhere. Where are you going? But well, I'm going to answer my door and our door and like give out candy and you know I have to call it my door because you're not going to be anywhere I, around. I will not. I'll be out of town. I'll be somewhere. I don't know where. But yeah. Oh, okay. I just, I'm not. I just, I've never done Halloween. I've never been a fan of Halloween. Okay. I dressed up as Wendy one year from Peter Pan. I think you. you were, no, I didn't. You dressed me up as Wendy. We always dressed up. Um, we always dressed uh, up we didn't and always dress up. Most years we did. You've been a banana with a peanut butter and jelly banana sandwich. Um, you have been Ricky Bobby. Uh, the twenty most popular Halloween songs according to Spotify. I have chosen uh, the song that lands at uh, number six. A song that's uh, dropped in nineteen eighty four. Who's that voice right there? With a rock one. Is that Michael Jackson? That is Michael Jackson. Michael's brother, Jermaine Jackson, is also doing background vocals. I have a question. Sure. Do you... This came up in an episode of, like, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, when someone went to a, a club or something and they requested Michael Jackson. And one of the younger, like, 20, 30-year-olds in the group said that that is so tone deaf that nobody goes out anymore and requests Michael Jackson because I, of all of that. his issues and the things that he no, went through. No, and no. do you believe that? Like, I, or do I, you I take not. things off of your list because of, you know I what I'm saying? I, well, because of indiscretions on someone's part. Yeah. Ah. Like, would you watch the Cosby show anymore? Yes, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it may have happened at some point with somebody, but I, I can't right now as we, we, we record and we sit here, I can't think of, Morgan Wallen, absolutely not. Probably listened to him 10 times more than I would have uh, if he'd not dropped the N-word. Um, See, like with the Cosby show, I don't think I would watch it because I think he's cringy now. But the bigger issue is like... I forgot about all that, though. I don't, I don't think about that. But my, but my bigger issue is like I wouldn't believe him. Like I don't know how to explain it. But like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a comedy. It's a, it's a I know, but I just I don't think I'd be able to find it funny anymore. I don't know. I think it depends on me for what the indiscretion was. That one with like people and uh, yeah, I don't know. And I, I don't know where I stand on Michael. I, I mean, I like Michael Jackson music, but I just made me thought of it. Think of it. Thought of it. Think of it the other day. Like, do you stop like watching stuff or listening stuff because of certain things? I don't know. I do not. Top three of the twenty most popular Halloween songs according to Spotify. Number three. This is Halloween. From the Citizens of Halloween. Who's that? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, number two is Thriller from Michael Jackson. And the most popular Halloween song for 2022, according to Spotify, is this song. Hey, the match. 
They played the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the Mash. It got on in a flash. They played the Mash. They played the Monster Mash. I'm somewhere between hell and hallelujah. Winona. Monday, a guest on the Today Show. She's adding, uh, gosh, I think it's another 20-plus dates to the tour. I figured this was going to happen. Many of them are sold out. The, the final show of the first leg is Saturday night, this coming Saturday in Nashville. Uh, interesting, it's not a sold-out show. Like, most of the nation has sold out. Nashville is a little jaded. You know, Nashville's kind of, um, it's, it's, it's very much an industry town, obviously, and um, sometimes uh, they're, they're, they have problems selling tickets because everybody wants free tickets. Well, I also have a theory on that in Nashville, that if it was the original tour with the Judds, I think it would be packed. Kind of like when Garth came, that every country star, you know, present and past was at the show. But I think, and I hate to say this, but I think because it's just Winona for whatever reason, oh, it's, uh, I, don't, I know, God, I, I know I'm just She's saying, I know I'm just God, saying. I will say I had a lot of people that um, reached out to me, friends and stuff, and other people at that, the show? yeah, that said it was just really emotional. Because it kind of harkened back to a great time in your life and in country music. Things were a lot simpler. The world was much in a much better place, as were most people. Yeah, and just how it was really emotional. And a lot of people shared that, the love of the Judds with family or, you know what I'm saying, parents or whatever that had passed. I, I'm, I hope that that's the, that moment from Winona Hode is in this final clip I have. But she let's see if it is. And then if not, I want to I wanna circle back around to that. And these shows are healing me one show at a time and all my friends are coming and and the fans are watching me and they're for me because they grew up with me mm -hmm. i'm seeing up to four generations at the shows it's mm -hmm. a crazy time hoda because it's not about show business this is a celebration of life mm -hmm. as well as people going through their own stuff while listening to the songs of what they went through pain comes in waves i've whenever i've suffered a loss i sometimes it comes like a tidal wave and sometimes it's calm and you almost forget mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what part of that place are you in it depends on what state i'm in and what state i'm mm -hmm. in i will cry and then go right into the next song and mm -hmm. i keep kleenex right here did at all times your mom used to cleavage. do that didn't she oh yeah <laughs> uh, naomi used to keep kleenex in her cleavage i was thinking maybe it was in her hair boobs and then winona now does the same thing uh winona says in my 39 years of performing this tour has truly been one of my favorite experiences ever you all have been such a gift during my time of grieving and honoring my mother in song and I love she opened the visit with Hoda on the Today Show Monday with this. I'm somewhere between hell and hallelujah. Who has not been there or there right now? Somewhere between hell and hallelujah. I think I stay there. I stay parked there. Dr. Kenny Chesney. How about that? Love it. Kenny was awarded, uh, not awarded, but uh, just presented, named, given, whatever. How does this work? Okay. Uh, from East Tennessee State University, a, a, a the board of trustees, Dr. Jack Tottle. How do you feel about that? Gave him an honorary doctorate. Like, how do you feel about honorary doctorates? Like, I, I like it, I think. I if, you, if you didn't graduate, do you get it? Or you graduate? I think you graduated, did you not, from ETSU? Oh, I think sometimes, no, I think no, sometimes like, when well, you... Taylor got one from uh, NYU. She was not an NYU graduate. You don't like that? I, th I think you need to have graduated from there or, or have had a massive influence other than cutting checks. Exactly. To the school. If it's I all agree. about the money, absolutely not. But I totally if have, agree. If you have, uh, if you have built a... A music program, or if you have, um, like, if if Western Carolina came to give you yeah. an honorary degree, would you right. take it? Um, you know, I, I probably, but I don't know that I should. I okay. think I would, but I don't know that I should. 
Well, but I've I mean, gifted nothing. But you, but it's, uh, we just said it's not about the money. You well, you were um, you did spend quite a lot of time there. I mean, it wasn't just like. Are you kidding me? Well, it wasn't like the Catamounts when you couldn't find a parking place. You know what I mean? Or what, well, not the Catamounts. Who were the people where you couldn't find the parking place? That's Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Myrtle Beach. They don't need to be giving you an honorary degree. 17 you, minutes. Yeah, you didn't enrolled. do anything there. Actually, I'm still enrolled, I think, today. But like Western Carolina, you made your mark. Did I? I, I don't know. Not a mark that they'd be proud of. And my mama wouldn't be proud of it either. Okay. All right. So I don't, I don't know about that. You're very kind. What about you and UGA? Georgia called and said. Well, I've got a degree. I gave it an honorary doctorate degree. Oh, yeah. I'd take it. Okay. As you should, because you're yeah. an esteemed student. Yeah, and, and you I did all the right things. And I you graduated, graduated and turned your tassel. And I don't know that did all the right things. All but of that. Yeah. Dr. Kenny Chesney. Uh, the honorary doctorate came from East Tennessee State University. What age set was most impacted by the pandemic? Was it seniors, baby boomers, toddlers, young adults, Generation Q? Donna, who do you think was most impacted? Which age? Teenagers, young adults. Uh, young adults is what you're going with, huh? Young adults' lives were arguably more disrupted by the pandemic, lockdowns, and policies than any other age group because the pandemic drastically changed plenty of the things that young adults would normally do, like going to school, to work, or socializing. In the letter this Saturday, going to include an article, did the pandemic change people's personalities? What do you think about that? I do. I think it did. Absolutely. There's a new research project out. Uh, People experienced around a decade's worth of personality changes in two years during lockdown because of the pandemic. A decade's worth of personality changes. Um, People in the survey took personality tests that uh, assessed traits in, uh, there's a five-factor model of personality. I knew nothing about this until I read the article, but it's basically managing stress, connecting with others, creative thinking, trusting others, and being disciplined and responsible. And they determined that younger adults became moodier and more primed to stress, less cooperative and trusting, and less restrained and responsible. Agree, we got uh, plenty of young adults, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, when are we going to talk about these two women, the this woman and the two daddies? Oh, we cut that, cut that. Oh. It's, it's, too, it's, too, it's too much. That's too, okay. that's too much. Did you take it out? I did. Okay. I did. I did. Pick up. The research has been published, and you can read all about it. Did the pandemic change people's personalities? Fascinating read in this Saturday's issue of The Letter. It is the e-newsletter component of both this podcast and the radio show. The Cadillac Jack, uh, what is it called? The Afternoon Ride with Cadillac Jack, weekdays 3 to 7 Eastern, on a station near you. And um, let's see here. To subscribe to The Letter for free, it's free right now. That could change next Saturday. You never know. Get the right offer. We're going to sell you information as well. We don't do that right now. We, we safeguard your information. But if someone says, hey, we're going to cut you a check for your database, man, you're exposed. I promise you that. You can, uh, it's a fun four-minute read for free for now. Uh, we include links to videos and websites, interviews, uh, and, and, and songs added to the Hype Song playlist in each episode or issue of the letter text left on red. Red is the color R-E-D, no spaces, left on red. To the number 22828, 22828 to subscribe for free. Again, that's uh, free today. But uh, not, uh, listen, no guarantees, all right? This podcast is also free. Not guaranteed either. Season three, launching first week of January, would be a perfect time to put up a paywall, Don. What do you think? Uh, no. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. I think we should look into it. I think we should look into it. Um, the podcast is free for now, and that is uh, thanks to our very generous partners that make the podcast free, like Awesome Alpharetta, Play a While, Stay a While, and find your awesome T-Mobile home internet. Internet freedom. Free yourself from internet BS. Reliable internet, 50 bucks a month. Guests of the My Second Act podcast state properties owned and managed by Paramount Hospitality Management. The brands you know depend on and trust, like Marriott, Hilton, and Weston. And um, 
other sponsors and things like that. But uh, in, in in lieu of a dollar ninety nine or nine nine, what would you put the fee at? If we if we put up a paywall first week of January, what would the monthly fee be? Do you think? What would you charge? What would be the? I mean, I say fifty nine ninety nine. That seems high. And then you get uh, what? I don't know something like an eight by ten. Of you? Like yes, was mm-hmm. maybe the photo from the red carpet. Oh yes, people on, love uh, that one. Friday night. Yeah, people love that part. So, but we'll give some you know something. I don't know what it is. Maybe a free uh, a free bonus episode every now and then. Well, I'll put that. We'll put that picture in the letter. I had many people that they were like, "Good to see." You. This was funny. Good uh-huh. to see you two again. It's like what? Well, we're with you every two wait two 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 moments a week at least. We're right I mean, here. you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, do you want to say something? I had a couple people reach out about the Saturday show, and I want to say that we've been a little off track because of everything that's been going on. With, well, there's uh, just been a lot going on with everything, and I don't want to make that as an excuse, but it has been without. Yeah, I, listen, if I'm and totally, everything, we hadn't talked about this, but if I'm totally honest, I just think we probably need to uh, rethink that, and that's, I, that's all me. Because I know that since the beginning of this podcast, nearly three years ago, we have said we will always deliver on what we promise, and we have. We've missed one episode in 312, and that was when my mother passed, and we just missed one that week. One episode out of 312. Um, the Saturday show was kind of my idea, and I, maybe I was high. I don't know, but it was. it's a lot. It's a lot to do a third episode, and I just don't know that maybe we haven't. I haven't overreached, and again, it's on me, and we'll have a conversation Probably should have had it before now. But maybe well, maybe we'll, we'll just do it like once a month or something. Something. But, yeah. uh, listen, enjoy the YouTube page and check it out. There's not just episodes of the podcast, but all sorts of videos that we post and have done. And um, Well, I just didn't want th- people to think that we had forgotten about them. We're, no, we are no, aware. And, and we're just, I've, yeah. I've had many people ask as well, and I, I'll, I'll apologize. Um, it's just a, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to produce three a week. It truly is. Even though that one's traditionally been a little shorter and um, just a lot. A lot. We'll see, though. I would love to continue it. Maybe just just not guaranteed every Saturday. Maybe it's like a bonus episode twice a month or you're promising things again, but once a month. Or I want to say thank you for your support of the podcast to uh, Jane. Jane responded to the letter, which you can do, and it comes right back to my inbox. Uh, Caddy, Donna, great letter. Love seeing the photos of the family. Number one, Will is your mini-me. Hmm. I hear it every day. Number two, Charlotte is Donna's mini-me. I hear that all the time. Number three, Fudge is so cute. And did he enjoy the Frosty, Donna? Uh, he did. Okay. Uh, I have been feeding my, I've been feeding Zippy, my little tabby, some yogurt at night. And I am not doing that anymore. That has not gone well. And cats, while in like certain fairy tales, they drink milk and stuff. As a, just as a, a public service announcement, don't feed your cat a Frosty in the car. Okay. Okay. Noted. Um, or any kind of dairy. Thank you for the uh, story on the family bakery. Uh, that's right, the heirloom bakery. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, awesome verse. Thank you, James, so much. Uh, who do we got here? Um, Linda, Kenny, and Donna. Absolutely love the podcast today. I mean, I always enjoy them, but today y'all hit it out of the park. I laughed, I cried, I both agreed and disagreed. That's what it's all about, Linda. It was great. Thank you for being part of my life. What a statement to make. Thank you for being part of my life. So sweet. And I love Linda. And I will say that um, not everybody always agrees with what we say. And that's okay. Sure it is. Um, if we just sat here and read the weather, you probably wouldn't want to hear us do that. And we do not. Um, the one thing that I always want to say about this podcast is we do not create drama. We do not take sides of things, which happens a lot in traditional radio, where one person has to be the generator, one has yep. to be the reactor. And whether you, can't you have the same thought. yeah, whether you agree with you're, it, you're forced into a certain lane opinion, because, right? Yeah. Because you have to, you have to have different different opinions. Yeah, and we just, I, I always want you to know that we do not do this on this podcast. There are so many times when I sit across from this man and think. Is he really saying that? Does he really feel that way? And he I does. In the, in the episode Linda's referring to, I think I said, listen, I am who I am. I, I, I'm, I'm, you, you like me, you love me, or you don't, or you, whatever. 
Yeah, but that's okay because healthy dialogue is what it's all about. And I always say surround yourself with friends, and I call it a tribe, you know, a group of people that are going to um, elevate you, not just sit around and kiss your booty all the time because you're not going to become a better yeah, person that way. you can kiss way. your own booty. I can't. I can't either. Good Thinking about that right now. Yeah, I can't. Wishful thinking. Uh, Melissa, thank you for your love. Uh, Melissa is a super spreader of the podcast, always sharing posts and, and, and encouraging her friends to uh, check out the podcast. And that's all we ask in lieu of a ninety nine ninety nine monthly retainer or fee. Oh, it's going up. Uh, it's going up every day. Uh, it's going up come, by the minute. Come, come season three. Uh, just, if you would, tell three friends and neighbors, folks you sit next to in church about the podcast. That's all we ask in lieu of a, in lieu of a monthly fee, okay? It's free today. That could change tomorrow. Audio for this episode from the Today Show in NBC Universal. Uh, what's Taylor's record label again? Uh, Republic Universal Music. Yes. Taylor Swift and that. Uh, ACDC and Atlanta Records, Rockwell, and Motown Records. Anything else that we missed? I think that's Audio-wise, it. Audio-wise, if so, just uh, send us a C&D at uh, Care of Appen Media, Appen Podcast Network, and I'll see you there Saturday night for the Best North Atlanta Awards with Appen Media Network and the Appen Podcast Network. Our thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Uh, production assistants here in Atlanta, our hometown. We're located just uh, 30 miles directly north of downtown uh, Atlanta in awesome Alpharetta. And we get production assistance in Atlanta from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the App and Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.